Hello, this is Yarrow Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Peter G. James Sinclair. Hey there, this is Yarrow, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EJ podcast. My guest Peter, in a moment, is going to share with you his story which has quite a few different highlights. For me, I was mostly interested in how he started his motivational memo blog, which is a platform he used to become a paid speaker, a coach, and also make a very successful debut as a first-time author. He sold $100,000 worth of his first book, and it almost seems too easy. So stay tuned to hear exactly how he's done all of that, plus hear the other businesses he's had during his entrepreneur's journey. Before we dive into that, though, I'd like to invite you to sign up to my interviewsclub.com email newsletter, which is where I send you the latest podcast episodes like this, as well as the best podcasts from my archives. So if you go to interviewsclub.com, that will direct you to a blog post on my blog where you can sign up to that list, and then I'll send you the latest podcasts and my best ones. All right, that's it for me. Let's dive into the interview. Here's Peter. Hello, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today, I've got on the line a guest with me who has popped up in my email inbox many, many times over the years, And but there was a big gap recently, and then just recently, uh, my guest has sent me an email and he's given me an update on, on what he's doing, and he's, he's still got blogging as part of his life, and he's had a lot of success around his topic, his specialty, which is motivation. So I'd like to introduce everyone to uh, Peter, I'm going to say everything, Peter James Sinclair, like a, a three-person name. So Peter, thank you for joining me. No, that's cool. It's, it's actually Peter G. James Sinclair to make it even more confusing yeah. for Yeah, your parents gave you a lot of names. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, I often get, uh, you know, how are you doing, James, from the other side of the world? It oh, really? really doesn't matter, you know. It just called me Peter. Okay. So is is that because certain people grew up knowing you as James and not Peter? I don't know. I think there's just confusion. You know, I often get e- emails from people who live in Africa, and I don't know whether the first name they're using is their last name or whether the last name they're using is oh, their first name. Of course, yes. So it could be rather confusing. Mm, no, I've had that. Um, Yaro is apparently not a common, but it's it's more common than here as a surname in Africa. There's a few <laughs> Yaros out there, so that was... Interesting. So we're here to talk about uh, what you've done over the years, and, and you've obviously had a range of business experience, but in particular, I'd like to focus on how blogging has fit into this process. And, and, and you've told me in our little pre-interview chat that you've had a lot of opportunities come up in, in terms of speaking and publishing a, a, a book and you know becoming an author. Uh, and I'd love to cover all of that, but as we do with the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, we always go back in time and look at where you were that led up to your current and, and previous successes. So uh, we, in, in your case, did you study some kind of degree uh, after high school or did you go straight to work? Um, I was actually uh, trained as a, a school teacher and uh, I landed myself in a classroom with uh, nearly 30 children. I think it was within a week I thought, I really don't see that my future life is going to be with 30 children in a classroom. And so um, it was in that period that I began to embark on seeking uh, other means of, of making income and explored other possibilities. And the journey has consistently brought me back to that of an entrepreneur. Uh, my grandfather was not an entrepreneur. My father was not in business. 
But uh, I actually, at the age of 18, was um, approached by a, a gentleman who owned his own business and I was just doing some part-time work at the time and he, he must have seen something in me and he, he asked me, Peter, would you like to go into business? And so I actually started my first business at the age of 18 and even though I ventured back into teaching for a short period of time, I just couldn't get rid of that thing called business. Mm. And so uh, at least for the last 20 years, I've been in my own business for my own self in a range of industries. All right. So we've got 20 years to cover. So what was that first business at 18? What was the, the subject? I was in the jewelry trade. Oh. So I was uh, making my own jewelry and I was uh, selling selling my jewelry, particularly around the Christmas period. And my first customers were all the relatives to start with. <laughs> I'm assuming that was a... That was 100% <laughs> offline, I'm assuming, as well, right? Indeed. Okay, but, so... Uh, then, then I uh, was in a position where we actually uh, started a, a cleaning company. Um, I owned that for three years, and then we sold sold that. And um, I then ventured into the world of the internet, and that was when I went to a three-day seminar with a, a fellow named Corey Riddell. He was a Canadian, and... Um, from what he taught me, I felt that uh, I should go and start a web design company. Now, I, I knew nothing about the web, but I began the company, and uh, we owned that particular company for seven years before we sold it. Okay, so let's talk about that. What, what year did you go to the, the Corey Rudel event? And was that in Australia? Because you're from the Gold Coast. Correct. You know, traveled to Sydney okay. and uh, the Wentworth Hotel, and uh, it was really funny. There were two of us sitting up the to the side of the room and uh, the other gentleman I was sitting next to, he, he happened to own the Birdsville Hotel. And the Birdsville Hotel is way out, as you would know, right in the middle of Australia. And I, I thought, why are you here as a hotel owner, owner in, you know, the Birdsville Hotel uh, coming to such an event? And he said, well, how do you think people find out about me? <laughs> was he said, it, I've got a website. <laughs> was this the late 90s? Would that would be a- This was uh, probably at the turn of the century. Okay. That makes sense then. So he was, yeah, ahead of the curve a bit for a hotel owner, wasn't he? Uh, definitely. And he had two planes and he flew between his hotels that he owned. Wow. Good life. So, so far apart. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So so you obviously learned something at Corey's event that made you want to devote the next seven years of your life to web design. Is that right? Correct. What he first did was he actually handed and equipped us with some free tutorials, online tutorials. And uh, I went to explore these on, online tutorials and they were teaching us the language of HTML. And I thought to myself, my goodness, I had trouble with French when I was at school. How am I going to handle HTML? Mm. And so I was actually homeschooling a couple of my children at that time and um, those tutorials ended up in the lap of my son. And within a very short time, I found that I had an internet guru living under my roof. <laughs> How old was your son? He was 12 and okay. this was over a period of probably 12, another 12 to 18 months. And uh, so at the end of that period, I said to my son, how would you like to go into business? And your your so, 13-year-old son? Yes. <laughs> okay. And so we did. And um, so I put together some advertising materials and I thought, well, where am I going to find my future clients for this business? And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to go to businesses that are close together. And that was in a factory area. And so I walked door to door on my first day of business uh, with only my son there as, you know, the HTML technician by my side. And uh, I came home with uh, 50% payment for five websites. This was in the Gold Coast? On the Gold Coast. Wow. So door to door selling of web design services. 
Absolutely, hit the ground. And uh, then I had to come home and work out what to do next. I didn't even have a web designer on team. Okay, so what did you do next? I found a web designer. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into business and, um, well, that business went on for seven years and uh, four of those five clients that I sold to in that first day were still with me and the only client that wasn't had actually gone out of business. That's a good stretch too. You're talking sort of year 2000 to 2007 and the internet really changed in that period of time. So you would have been doing a lot of work, a lot of um, maintaining. uh, You know, we went from no Google to Google to YouTube to Facebook in that sort of period. Totally. The world changed before our very eyes. Mm, Okay. So why did you end up leaving that business? During that seven-year period, I I wanted to explore the possibilities of what we could do with the business. And um, so I took on board a business coach and we sat, myself, my my son and my eldest daughter who'd become a member of our sales team uh, with this coach on a weekly basis. And um, the whole purpose of that coaching exercise was to see whether we could possibly franchise what we had in our hands. And uh, there were very few companies that were franchising web design throughout the world uh, successfully, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to explore the possibilities. So I went through the whole process, and and I spent thirty grand on another company to to basically analyze our business and to see the potential of what we had in our hands. And um, as a result of having that coach, we we doubled our income the next year. And um, but in that period, we also were approached by some other interested parties who, who started to offer us some money for what we had in place. And it was a time where both my two children had started to explore their own internet businesses on their own. And I just felt it was time to move on and to, to release them to do what they needed to do and then discover what I was about to do in the future as well. And so we successfully sold that business at that, uh, that period. So when you sold it, are we talking enough to have early retirement or did you have enough to maybe cover yourself for a few years but you'd have to look at doing something soon? And How life-changing was it? It, was, it gave me breathing space for probably a couple of years to explore other possibilities, to really pursue some passions that I hadn't pursued, um, to explore some new possibilities, to educate myself more. I've, I've always been a, a strong believer that education didn't end at school. It just began. And um, so I've always been on the lookout for those who could teach me, you know, Mm. surround yourself with smarter people and then take notes furiously. Um, And so part of that exploration led led me to you uh, in relation to blogging. I've always loved writing and had published some books previous to blogging and really wanted to explore the internet a little bit deeper and particularly in the area of motivation. And people ask me, you know, why why did you set up a website, motivationalmemo.com? And it's basically as simple as this, Yara. I needed to be motivated myself. Mm. And it's from my own personal journey of self-development that has overflowed into my writing. And now, you know, with some credibility and some years behind me, uh, I've got something I believe to offer, you know, people when they read my material. Mm. I think it's a great tactic when you're feeling like you have an aspect of your own personality you want to work on to start something about it because it does ca- – creates focus and it's a catalyst for you to work on it because you have to show the world that you're working on it with with this publication so you know a blog in, in your case is a good example and for me too like I remember when I first started my own entrepreneur's journey blog 
I felt that I had to be an entrepreneur. I had to keep doing things as an entrepreneur, otherwise I'd have nothing to write about. So uh, it motivated me to, to be an action taker. Uh, and in your case, it, I'm assuming it motivated you to study motivation. Is that right? Absolutely. I, I um, in the early days, uh, when I say early days, in my, in my 30s, dare I say, uh, I basically locked myself away in the bowels of a university because I just really wanted to discover, you know, what was my purpose here on planet Earth. What, you know, what, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And um, it was in the bowels of a university and right down in amongst the compactuses, there were no computers down there, I, I stumbled across these old books and they were written in the late 1800s and I was introduced to a writer, he's an American, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And as I read his material... It was like, you know, I was reading my own life. Um, I often say to people, it was like reading liquid gold. You know, when you you hear someone uh, talking to you and and it's as if they're talking your life to you back, Mm. uh, there's a real connection. And so from that day on, when I was introduced to some great thinkers of the past, I wanted to be able to bring my thoughts as they developed to this generation. And so it's been a journey ever since then. So is that when you registered motivationalmemo.com? It was, it was moving towards that time, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you started this journey yourself and then you thought, well, let's, let's, let's at least uh, journal this in a blog or do- write about it in a blog and, and see where it goes? Or were you actually thinking, no, no, this is my business, I'm going to seriously pursue this? I think it was initially just um, the process of journaling because I – Offline, I've been journaling for many, many years. I, I have boxes of actually handwritten journals. And people often ask, you know, how did you become a writer and how did you publish those books? And um, it, it's just an overflow of a habit that I've been developing over the years and many years, in fact. And it's just seemed a natural progression to take what I've done offline into the online medium. So there was no, apart from the technology and getting to know how to use the technology, it was just a natural progression, mm-hmm. and you know we've just been in an inc- born in an incredibly um, technolog- te- technologically changing and evolving uh, world um, that it gives us these great opportunities. You know, I I mean this morning, you know, I'm looking at emails from Kenya, from um, France, you know, from the UK coming back as a result of the things I wrote yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, getting immediate response from your readership is so. Um, so encouraging as a writer. Well, let's talk about that. Like, how did you build your readership? So, what happened with motivational memo? And and do fill me in. I know you came into touch with my work at some point. Was that after you started the blog or before you started it? Where does that, that fit in? Look, when I first started, um, because I'm I'm talking about ancient history here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the year two thousand or, or thereabouts. I created a website and I decided to send out a newsletter. So I really started out in the newsletter format and I had people uh, able to subscribe on that website to receive this newsletter and that's how I began to build a bit of a database. Was that motivationalmemo.com then? Yes. Okay, so you you registered the domain name a long time ago then. Yeah, very much so. And um, so it was amazing as I sent out these emails to these people who subscribed, they actually started to write back to me. They started to communicate to me and it... It just built as a result of uh, that process. 
but I never really understand understood the whole process of blogging until you know you came along, and I started to explore that possibly as well. And that was but seven years later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because in that time frame, obviously, I was building a web design company and blogging, blogging or that motivational memo was just kicking over on the side. It was just right. a hot at that point. Okay, so you sold your web design company and you realized you're, you want to discover what motivates you and what's your purpose now. So did you decide, okay, let's turn this from just a newsletter into a blog and see if I can become an expert, a known personality, maybe become an author, speaker, or all those things coming in your mind then? Totally. I, I love imparting the lessons that I learn with other people. So whether it would be, and also the, the thing that really sparks me is I love to create something new and special. Um, I mean, I can, I can create a garden and enjoy that process. I can create a book and enjoy that process. So blogging was just another uh, part of creation that I could be involved in and I could also impart what I've learned through my experiences with others so that they could apply them to their own life. So speaking was a natural progression uh, to the point now, you know, I can charge $1,100 an hour to speak. Um, I do some uh, remote coaching uh, where I'm at this present moment, I'm just charging 165 bucks an hour. Um, it's led into my books where one of my books uh, has you know I was handed a check for a hundred thousand dollars for one of my books. Um, so blogging has been a part of all those processes because it has actually positioned me to be known by people who may not have otherwise known about me. Oh, let's let's those are all very exciting outcomes that I'm sure the listener would love to learn more about. How do you get a book deal for a hundred thousand dollars? You know, how do you? charge so much for for coaching and so on but let's go back to this blog you obviously have to build an audience to get that kind of platform to command those kind of fees so can we go to the point where you know you're setting up i'm assuming wordpress let's get a little technical a little how-to here you installed wordpress and then did you obviously already had the email list so you 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 used the blog to continue to grow your email list um, what was your your sort of marketing strategy and also, you know, your lead generation strategy? Because I know I look at your site now and you've got a free report, the Personal Success Blueprint, good name, by the way. Um, I love that word, blueprint. And, uh, <laughs> blueprint problem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, so, you know, how did you become the, you know, the, the Peter G. James Sinclair that runs Motivational Memo and, and had, had all these results? What's the uh, the steps to build that brand? I suppose in the early stages of of, the development of that brand was I positioned myself to write a lot of articles for um, other key uh, websites or blogs within that niche. So I suppose that's the first thing I did. I identified the leaders in my niche and then I began to build a rapport with the, the owners of those blogs and I began to write consistently articles for those blogs. So guest, um, guest blogging back in the, the sort of heyday of, of guest blogging. Totally, totally. That that was sort of the, the, the starting point. Right. Um, but obviously that's changed and developed through social media being very much part of our lives. And so LinkedIn has started to be a, a connecting point. Facebook was another connecting point. Um, I haven't used Twitter as much at this point, um, but utilising those, those um mediums really do give you, I was talking to someone today, I said, hey, what, what do you see as the power of LinkedIn for you? And as I was looking at my LinkedIn page, they're saying, it's really like an online CV, isn't it? And 
in essence, that sort of display truth, it, it's positioning you as a leader in the industry that you've chosen to be a part of. And, um, and, and that's been very much a part of the, the, the process as well. And I think just writing consistently in my own blog uh, and people as they've become more and more familiar with who I am, they've become more trustworthy of what I have to deliver as a speaker or as a coach. Okay, so just to break it down from a technical standpoint, you installed WordPress, you started writing content. I know you've got categories I can already see there, successful living, personal development, leadership, wisdom, and wealth. So those must have been the sort of top categories you wanted to cover with your writing. You're writing that, you're doing guest posts on related other blogs and websites, so that's building your exposure to bring people back to your blog. You've got this email list and you're giving away a free report, the blueprint you've got there, personal success blueprint. So you're building your list and I'm assuming you're sending content to that list too. Uh, I don't know whether you had a, a funnel there or you were just sort of sharing more of your, your articles or not. But is that in, in summary sort of how it all got going? And I should ask, Blog Mastermind, where did, like, why did you decide to join Blog Mastermind? It sounds like you know what to do everything already here. Oh, no. Um well, Blog Mastermind gave me an understanding of, you know, how I could uh, produce an online course, and I, I actually developed a course, uh, Self Development Mastermind. I mean, it's it's not available at this present moment, but just going through the thought process of how to construct an online course, exploring the possibilities of building, uh, you know, residual income through such such a facility, um, was a powerful mind opener for me. I, I'd never thought of the possibilities in relation to that. Um, and again, having courses available also position you as a respected leader as well. Like when I, when I first started writing books, it was amazing how people would come up to you and they, they basically treat you as though you know everything. I mean, you, you write a book and they think you know everything. <laughs> and it's just basically a, a positioning, I keep coming back to that word, positioning yourself as an authority or as a leader in a specific industry, mm-hmm. whether it be a book you write or whether it's a consistent blog that you write. Um, I mean, whether it's me being associated with you, with you in this interview as well, you know, that's a win for me and a win for you. Um, and and that's, that's what blogging has particularly assisted me and then open up doors and opportunities. Mm. Like when people check me out for a speaking engagement, they'll go and look at my LinkedIn site. They'll go and check me out on Motivation Memo. They'll, they'll read some of my articles in my blog. They, they actually have a a source point um, which will give them a clear profile of who they will be engaging in business, and uh, and that's that's been my case over and over and again. Okay, I just I should clarify then. Did you take Blog Mastermind or did you take memberships in Mastermind? Because it sounds like you were more looking at how to develop your own your own online course. Correct. I took the membership one. Okay, so I correct myself there. You took memberships in Mastermind, which now that makes a lot more sense. So you, yes. you, you sounds like you were on top of blogging and you understood that, but you were interested in uh, just creating digital products and selling digital products from behind your blog, which is what memberships in Mastermind really focused on in particular. So, um, okay, good, good to clarify that. I, I won't ask you any more about Blog Mastermind. Um, no, all right, so I, I remember I released that program a little later. It would have been 2008, 2009. Uh, so at, at the point where I entered your world, were you already having some success? Were you already getting speaker speaking gigs? Had you already written a book, or where were you at? Okay, I had self-published um, a couple of books myself. Um, again, I, I, I had identified specific industries that I wrote specifically for, um, 
How did they do? Yeah, well, the first check was a hundred grand. Okay, how did you do that? Basically, finding someone with a very big database who bought a lot of books. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. <one> <laughs> All right, need to clarify though. So, most people self-publishing a book to me means you write a book, you yep. publish it on Amazon, and then you yep. try and market it yourself like crazy because no one else is going to market it. Where does the hundred thousand dollars come from? Did someone sell the book for you? Like, did they promote it to their list? Is that what you mean? Correct. Find, oh. Basically, find a book club who already has an existing database of people who buy books on a regular basis. Wow, that must have been a and really, really there. big list. Yeah. So it was a hundred thousand from one one promotion. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! What was the subject I, of that I, book? I love banking that check. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. What was the uh, <laughs> subject of that book? Um, it was actually it was a funny story. I I wrote a book uh, and keeping this market in mind and. And that, that's, that's what I keep coming back to, really being very clear about the market that you're, you're aiming at. Um, in, in an industry I'm in at the moment, you know, we, we're doing a lot of Facebook marketing and I love the, the, sorry, the statistics that Facebook provide us that in that particular market we know that we're aiming for, for women between the ages of 18 and 44. Uh, we know that they're engaging with the Facebook page between the hours of 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. at night. Uh, we know where they live geographically so we can position our marketing so we, we hit the mark. I, I spent a lot of money on marketing in the past and, you know, you, you can throw it to the wind. You can throw hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars to the wind for no result and no return. Um, one of the things that my, my business coach, the first business coach I had taught me was, you know, let's, let's test and measure everything and make sure we get a return on our investment. And so even when I came to writing a book, I wasn't just going to write a book for anybody. I wanted to write a book for a market that was going to give me a check for $100,000. So I spent a lot of time just preparing that. So I, I wrote this first book and then I gave it to my most important critic, my wife, to read. She hated it. Okay. It made me mad. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to get mad because that night I didn't go to bed and I wrote a complete book, the second book, in one night. So what, what was the subject matter? Is it, was it personal development? Yeah, personal development. And um, I basically sat down and wrote uh, 20 letters to my children of what I believed they needed to do in their lives to live a successful life. Okay. And, um, and that was the book. And I had to organise, obviously, to get printed. I had to find a typesetter. I had to go through the whole process. Never done it before. It was like walking the streets, never having, never having sold a website ever before. But it's amazing when you just... Get out there and get on with it. You'll find your way as you go. So you found a printer and, and so you actually physically created physical. We're not talking ebooks, we're talking print books. Physical books. So you yes. went so you went so was it print on demand back then or did you literally order a bunch of books up front? Ordered a bunch of books up front. How many? Uh, there would have been nearly twenty thousand. So you ordered twenty thousand before you'd sold any? <laughs> no, I already had the deal. <laughs> Wrapped up, signed, and ready to go. <laughs> okay, tell us more about how that came about. Did you have an existing contact? Did you like what? Well, you don't sort of get these big whale affiliates easily. So how did that happen? I became aware because because I was a hungry, um, a very hungry reader of motivational books. I, I'd never known about motivational books until my early thirties. I didn't even know they exi- existed. And then all of a sudden, someone introduced me to books like The Magic of Thinking Big and uh, books like Think and Grow Rich. And I started to open these books and, my goodness, it was like a whole new world just opened up before me. And the more I read these books, 
and I, I was attached then to a book club that supplied these on a monthly basis to, to me. Um, the more I read these books, I thought, man, I reckon I could write something like this. And so I suppose by reading the motivational material, it actually motivated me and inspired me to even start to build my belief system to think, hmm, I might be able to do something like this. And so that, that was, and it was that group, obviously, that I was subscribing to was the group that I ended up writing the book for and presenting to them for the possibility of purchase. What, what was so it was a person what so it was a book club for other people interested in, in top person development books like Think and Grow Rich and so on. Absolutely. Okay, so you you, you people just people like me. People like me right. who are hungry to grow and learn. Did you just email the owner of the book club? Yep, with a proposal. And you got a yes straight away? This one was very easy. I have been rejected since. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I then wrote the second book after, after that one, and it was rejected. So I just wrote the third book, and I sold that one. How'd that one go? Went very well. Similar result. Sounds like you're a good uh, personal development writer then. Well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> well, you've, got, you've got customers. Okay, so um, what I love about that is you were your own customer. So you were ready buying these books. You knew what people wanted because you wanted it yourself. You knew what you enjoyed. And then you just took a gamble and, and contacted the person and said, listen, I've got something like this in me and, and let's, let's talk about doing a, a promotion. And away you went. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, so good that we got that concluded, conclusion out the door. What about the... The speaking and the, the coaching, when did that come into? Was it before the author book writing or afterwards? It's, it's, it's obviously come after. Okay. Once you've been established as an authority in a particular area, uh, then the opportunities have come as a result of that. Um, but enter my, my blog period after I met you personally, that, that has sort of fast-tracked that. It's given me a wider reach and a wider opportunity to, to reach, you know, a lot more people um, just because of the very nature of the internet. Mm -hmm. And so um, I suppose, yeah, again, positioning. It's oh, well, allowed me. Let's take us through the story then. So, you know, you, you published this first book and then not the second one, but then the third one. Uh, you've still got MotivationalMemo.com, I assume. You're still blogging. You're, you're growing your your audience, more people know about you, you're a published author now, so you've got the credibility and the brand. What Did you have a plan to, like, you're thinking, all right, let's turn this into what I do for a full-time income, so I need to start, I know you said you, you had a, a course at one stage and then you closed it down later on, so how did, how did take us continue the journey, I guess, and what year are we at? Are we sort of 2009, 10 now? Uh, yes. Okay, take us forward from that point. Well, as a result of I, I've always wanted to be in business with my children. Like if, if you want to summarise everything in relation to everything I've done in business or, or books or speaking or whatever it might be, it's, it's actually all, always been about family. And, um, and as a parent, I have, well, let me backtrack. As, as a young man growing up with no, um, I suppose, entre entrepreneurial input into my life except for that businessman when I was aged 18 who dropped a seed in my heart about becoming an entrepreneur or owning my own business. Um, I have always been on a mission to equip my children to be self-sufficient. And, you know, in my experience, and particularly when I held down a job 
at one point during that journey and was given one day's notice by the owner of that business, <laughs> I, I declared to my young children that I would never again work for another man in my entire life. And so I suppose it's been about taking your own destiny and your own control into your own hands, not being at the whims of a government or the whims of, um, you know, another man who owns a business or another woman. Um, and you need to understand this. I'm, I'm approaching an age now where uh, there will be no retirement offered by our government to sustain us for the rest of our days here on planet Earth, even though we're going to live a lot longer. And so I just have always felt it my responsibility to take charge of my own destiny and to train my children to do the same. Um, as a result of everything I've done to this date, my two oldest children are in business for themselves. Uh, my son owns and operates uh, an internet um, software company that's reaching you know countries all around the world and has just ka-chink, ka-chink, ka-chink dollars going into his bank account every day of the year. Um, my my eldest daughter, again, has uh, an internet-based business as well and a similar process is occurring. But then there was my third and youngest daughter and she, she decided to become a hairdresser. And so after selling uh, the web design company and my wife and I are sitting down and thinking, well, what, we, what are we going to do with the proceeds of the sale of this? My wife piped up and said, why don't we buy a hair salon? And my daughter, having just graduated as a hairdresser with a big smile on her face, agreed. <laughs> and so the last uh, few years we've now been into the hair and beauty industry. But, again, the whole uh, desire and the whole process is that we position ourselves to be self-sustained in that as well. So I suppose in answer to your, your question, I've always been interested in very many and varied types of businesses and have enjoyed that process. So I still write. I still speak. I, I never saw that writing and speaking or even coaching would be my main source of income, but they would be supplements to, to anything else that I might do. But there's certainly the cream on the top of what, I, what, I, what I'm doing currently. And all of it is involved in training others and coaching others to become better in everything that they do, and that's where motivation really comes as a great asset for me to have in my you know, left pocket as mm. we go along. So who have you coached and what have you spoken about the most? I get asked to speak a lot about sales, um, obviously because I've been in business and, um, and we've had a good success record in, in turning potential clients into clients and maintaining that relationship even, you know, over a period of seven years or even, even longer at times. Um, so that, that is something that I'm constantly uh, in, invited to speak about. Um, in coaching, I'm particularly drawn to helping young, uh, young entrepreneurs or even people who are already existing in a job at present and want to break out of the job cycle. They want to branch out into their own business and take control of their own destiny. So in, in coaching, that seems to be the area that people seem to be attracted to me uh, more than not. How are they finding you? Through my blog. Google search, discovers blog, basically read, read your stuff, joins your email list and gives you a, a call to book a coaching session. Is that typical? No, that's, that's exactly how it works. And, and <laughs> that's why I love about what you write, Yara. Um, and, you know, recently I refound you on LinkedIn with one of your articles. Um, you just write in such a conversational way, an engaging way. You share your heart, you share your real life experiences, and you just got to read more. And, and that's how I write. I follow the best coach in the world, you. <laughs> and um, it's just 
sharing sharing your experiences, sharing your journey, showing that you are not someone who's just talking a whole bunch of theory, but you're actually putting things into action, sharing your ups, sharing your downs, sharing the reality of what it is and sharing your successes. And people are just drawn to you as a result of that. They love the integrity of that. All right. Well, thank you, Peter. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, I, no, seriously, that's what you have demonstrated, and I've seen through your communication, and that's what first attracted me to you. Yeah, there's I, a lot of hot shots out there. They, they make all these incredible claims, but but really, at the, the end of the day, they don't have the story to back it up. And I always look for the story behind the person. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the storytelling—it's—it's it's one of the main things I teach my students in the the new version of Blog Mastermind—is that. The need to embed storytelling in basically every format of communication you do. We're doing it now in this podcast. We're telling your story, so I think it's it's critical. Uh, I'd like to sort of maybe move towards this end of the interview. And I, I know you, based on even what you just said, who you coach and what you help them do. It sounds like you're very good at uh, transition transitioning people who might be workers who want to become entrepreneurs and that's a a pretty big gap to jump especially in terms of finding what actually makes money so uh, you know i don't want to talk everything i mean no motivation is not purely about money but there's a big aspect of not needing a job is making enough money so you don't need it so how do you help people today to find money making topics if they're currently still requiring a full-time job look i I teach people probably to do what I've never done, and, and that's that's <laughs> it seems to be a contradiction what I just said. Um, I have throughout the years been an entrepreneur who's sort of sort of just jumped out there, you know. Um, and let me go back with a little bit of the story. When when I had that particular job and I was given one day's notice, um, I was forced into a position where I had to make a decision of what I would do in my life, and I could have just gone and found another job, but. I just made that decision that day that I was never going to place myself in such a vulnerable situation as that um, and that I would take the hard road of actually starting a business from scratch and, and going from there. And, and that particular business, like within three weeks, I was actually making more out of that business than I'd been making earning from another man. Um, so I've sort of always jumped out, like the web design, for example. Um, I jumped into that without any knowledge whatsoever except for a three-day seminar. Um, the hair and beauty industry, I'd never been into a hair salon, let alone own one. <laughs> um, but yet I jumped in and, and, you know, for two years we, we, we battled through. It was cash flow positive, but, you know, as far as me eating long-term from it, it wasn't going to happen. But, but everything I had learned in business I continued to consistently do. And, you know, that's the other thing about blogging. Uh, and what you taught me too is be consistent um, and, and it is a real discipline and I find blogging is a great thing for people who want to learn the art of discipline and developing positive habits. You know, how do I produce this information on a regular basis? What strategies can I put in place to assist me to do that? That's why, you know, I have guest bloggers blog on my uh, blog as well now um, because, you know, I can't necessarily personally keep up the consistency of that but I want the information to be provided consistently. So you pull other members on, into your team to assist you to do that. Um, but as I teach other potential entrepreneurs, I, I do encourage them to maintain a level of control of their cash flow initially. So I do exhort them to, if they can anything possibly keep their job for a period of time until they've actually uh, started to build an income in the online world, if it may be that, or in a new business venture, um, that will make their journey a lot easier. Um, a lot easier than some of the paths I've chosen in the past. 
Um, I have a mate who's got a very successful property development here on the Gold Coast and um, he's, he's succeeded substantially in, in what he's doing. And he, in property development, has encouraged his students to make sure that they're earning at least twice what they're earning in their job before they actually leave their job mm-hmm. from their other business. And I, I see that as probably very wise advice, um, just to allows you, allow you for the time of transition. And that's probably the thing that I, I do bring to the fore when I train people to make that transition into business. With that transition, what do you advise them in terms of sales and marketing today What in the current environment? Well, the most important thing is they need to move into an area that they have a keen interest in. And I suppose the main thing that I get them to investigate is to really get to know the market, to see what opportunities lie, to see what others are doing. You know, with the flick of Google, you can find all your competitors and see what they're doing. And we we do an analysis. We find who's doing it good and who's not doing it so well. And, and where they can position themselves with a point of difference to stand out from the crowd. Um, you, you know, um, Virgin, Richard Branson is the prime example. He goes into industries where people are not doing it so well or they could do it better and he just interrupts their, their industry. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just love what he, what, he, what he does, you know, like he brings out planes with the wings turned up at the end. You know, he brings out credit cards with the that aren't completely rectangular. Mm. He just gives it a twist so that he stands out in the marketplace. And we live in such a noisy marketplace, we, we really have to find our unique selling position. We need to have to find out what, what can we bring to the market that will stand make us stand out from the crowd out there. And, Yara, it's really not that hard if you put a bit of thought to it. Mm. It, it sounds like you're talking the same thing I say in my course uh. Peter, well, I, it's like I got, I got taught very well. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's funny the the research process. I think the the key point you're you're reiterating here is maybe, and you and I will know this because you've been online so long. In the early days, you can throw yourself at a subject without not necessarily doing that level of competitive research because you might have been going into a market where it was too early. There just weren't a lot of successful competitors, so you, you couldn't do it. You might have been one of the first people, and that would have been okay. You could get away with it. But today, chances are what you're thinking of doing is being done already on the Internet. So you need to find what makes you unique. And then, like you said, who's good? Why are they good? who's not good, why are they not good, and, and then slot yourself in to be successful within that, that existing market rather than try and create a new market. I think, I think it's so true. Um, and there's so many niches within a market. Uh, like, for example, in the hair and beauty industry, uh, we've, we've just taken on a, another coach to help us in that to take our business to the next level. And, and we realise that within the hair and beauty industry, our competitor is not necessarily another hair salon because there are hair salons that provide a particular service or product to a particular set of clients and then down the road there's another hair salon that provides you know, a particular product and service to a whole set of other different clients. Mm. So there are competitors and they're competitors but I've, I've never been frightened of competition. You know, there's a big world out there, my goodness, and you get online, it gets even bigger. Um, but by doing very solid analysis at the start and, and, and spending a lot of time doing that, is going to save you a lot of trouble down the track. You you then become a very infor- well-informed entrepreneur mm. and, and you're basing your future steps on real knowledge and, and real information, not guesswork. 
and the internet provides you all that information, as you said, and there's no reason you should be jumping out into the middle of nowhere with no idea what you're doing. Mm. Speaking of a, a future, in your case, are you still kind of dividing your time and plan to for the future between being a coach, a writer, a blogger, uh, a speaker, but also working with the family to grow the, the hairdressing salon? Is that kind of how you're balancing things and plan to? Yeah, look, I, I love I love the diversity of my life. Um, I, I just I enjoy uh, doing a range of different things. Some people want to focus on one specific thing, and and focus is still very important. And I have to remain focused because when you're juggling a bunch of different areas, uh, you you can get out of focus very easily. Um, but what it actually does for me personally at my stage of life is it, it's actually making me more and more efficient. Um, right now in the hair and beauty industry, we're actually um, working on a philanthropic uh, venture uh, with an organisation where we're assisting in raising a million dollars uh, this October uh, for their work. And when I put my hand up to be a part of that, um, all of a sudden I became super efficient in the other areas that I'm involved in, my blog writing and in, in my speaking. And, and I don't know who said it, but uh, someone once said, you can do it all. <laughs> But if you do it under a disciplined regime, and time management is not rocket science. Uh, Mary Kay of Mary Kay Cosmetics, she created a billion-dollar industry through through that organisation. Um, when she spoke of time management, people asked her, how do you manage your time? She said, I have a blank sheet of paper on my desk. I write the numbers one to six down the left-hand side, and then I write down the six uh, most important things that I need to do, do today to move my life and my business forward. And then she said, then I prioritize that list. Done. That's it. Love that. I do something similar. That's fantastic. That's it. And that's how I rule my day and that's how I get blogs written and how I do everything I need to do. And, um, and it works. It's simple. All right, Peter, what's the uh, next step for people who are loving what you're saying and they want to be involved with you in some way? Where, where do you want to send them? Hey, go to motivationalmemo.com. It's been there for a while, but we'd love to have you. And you've got your email opt-in for your personal success blueprint. So I think if you like what Peter's been saying on this interview, you can get more specifically, I'm assuming, regarding that aspect of personal development and also career transition to entrepreneurship. Is that fair to say? Oh, totally. Yeah. There's a weekly newsletter that I send out, and uh, that's dealing with very current um, a lot, of, a lot of current business activities that I'm involved in and issues that I'm overcoming, and I, and I share those through that way. And then, uh, obviously, there is the, the blogs that uh, go out each week as well. Fantastic. So uh, it's plenty of good reading material. I definitely recommend I, I, I get in touch with some of my students who come to me saying, I'm not sure what to do, and what the only thing they seem to feel a gravitation towards is actually helping other people discover what they want to do. And I often say to them, you know, that's – Difficult to monetize, uh, you know, especially if you haven't had a career beforehand to sort of say, look, I've done all this. Now I can help you figure it out. I think you're a great example for anyone who's like that, who might be in that. I'm not sure what my specialty is or what my strength is, but I want to figure it out and I want to help other people to figure it out to sort of even dive into your archives over the years and see how motivational memo was grown uh, to build a business around that idea you didn't really know what you wanted to do you just wanted to explore it talk about it on your blog and you turn that into a brand and i think that's 
you know, it's pretty unique. You had to do a lot, a lot of consistency, like you said, to make that work. So motivational memo, Peter, any last words before I wrap it up? Um, I just thank you for the opportunity, Aaron, to, to touch base with you again. And, um, you yeah, just want you to know that, uh, there are lots of people who are grateful for the lessons that you taught me because, uh, with those lessons, I've been able to impart that to others. And, um, you know, I just picked up a, a little email from a, a fellow who's living over in Kenya right now, and he's needing direction in regards to business as a result of reading my motivational memo. And so, you know, being able to reach into third world nations as well and to assist with knowledge and direction uh, means a lot to me. And with the blog, you know, that's been made possible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for that and just wish you more power to you as you go. Thank you. I do love the network effect. You share your ideas, other people take them and make them their own and share them with other people and, and onwards and forwards. So it's fantastic. Peter, it thank you for coming on the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast and, and sharing your somewhat diverse story. Good, good to get a clear picture, even in my own head, how you do what you do and where you, what you've been doing over the years. So that's interesting. Uh, good luck with the hair salon with your family and obviously you know, keep doing what you're doing with your speaking and your writing and uh, blogging, of course. Thanks, Much everyone. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. This has been the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. You know where to go. You can go to entrepreneurs-journey.com to find the show notes to go with this podcast and all my other episodes of the podcast as well. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I'll speak to you very soon. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Peter. A quick reminder, if you'd like to make sure you get these interviews when they're brand new, I maintain a free email list where I send out my episodes when I first release them. And I also send you a series of my very best podcasts as well. You can subscribe to that by going to interviewsclub.com, which will direct you to a blog post where you can enter your email to sign up to that, the EJ podcast newsletter. Okay, that's it. I'll speak to you again on the very next podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.